Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Crunching the numbers. Thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre, a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone. Perfect for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Close to Melbourne Airport with accommodation available. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Uh, this is Stephen Huss and I'm here as usual with my friend and coach superstar, Chris Tonts. <laughs> Hey, Chris, Steven. where are you in the world, my friend? Uh, I'm in Toronto this week. For the women's event is in Toronto. The men's is in Montreal. So it's my first time here, so I'm pretty excited. Today, I, I wanted to delve into some statistics. And rather than trying to go real deep dive and professional side and some modern technology, I thought, how about we talk about some of the numbers, just the facts about what happens in a two-set match and a three-set match. And I think later you can give us an example of a five-set match, but I think most of our listeners are, are playing uh, two- and three-set matches. So I want to talk about some of the statistics of how many points they play, perhaps how long they're on court, some serves and returns. And then I have some interesting stats around how long the ball is in play, um, which is pretty different to the duration of the match. How does that sound to you, Mr. Tonts? Let's do it. <laughs> I think this information is kind of designed to stimulate the people out there. Um, how are you practicing? How much are you practicing? And what are you preparing for? We'll get into a little bit of that later, but let me start with uh, a two-set match. So in a two-set match, I took a sample size, uh, looked at a bunch of two-set matches and came up with an average. The average number of points in a two-set match is 123 points. Okay. And in that, a person, each person is expected to hit about, you know, 58 serves. I just looked at one player consistently and they hit 58 serves average per match. I wanted to point out the longest uh, two-set match that I um, started was 170 points uh, and the shortest was only 93 points. So obviously there can be big differences if it's a 7-6, 7-6 match or if it's a 6-1, 6-1 match. We understand that, but we're going to look at the averages. So it's 123 points. It's 58 serves. It's 60 returns. Uh, the average duration of that match is 93 minutes. So you're looking at right on about an hour and a half. And the ball is in play for only 23 minutes of that 93 minutes. And I would suggest that it's even a little bit lower than that because the way that uh, they're typically done on video when they're uh, started is, is they'll cut into the video just as the person's about to serve. So perhaps the ball isn't quite in play. So you're only looking uh, that the ball is in play about 23 minutes of every 93 minutes of, uh, of match play. Does that surprise you, Chris? No, not me. But uh, yeah, originally when, it, when I heard something like that, I thought uh, I can't be right. But um, especially too, as you know, like a lot, a lot of the points go quicker than people think. Doesn't surprise me. But I guess how do you translate that, like we've talked about in past podcasts, into practice? How do you make the, the most out of a 90-minute practice, let's say? Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that stood out to me um, when we think about practice and, and how we're going to prepare, I mean, most people who are playing competitively, which is really probably most of our audience or people that are interested in watching competitive tennis, what you want to be good at is not 
you know, forehand cross court or doing a drill. You want to be good at playing. And so when I saw this, I looked at, okay, 123 points for a two-set match. So a bunch of us in practice play games up to 11, right? Is that what you normally do? So that's done pretty often. So let's say you play, you know, a serving game up to 11 and a baseline game up to 11. You know, you might play 30 or 40 points if you play two games. So when we talk about a match having an, a two-set match, having an average of 123 points, my thought is, wow, we really don't play enough points in practice. You know, if we are going to prepare our players or ourselves to be good in competition, this is something that we need to be doing more and more of. Uh, and I know it's a little bit age and stage dependent, um, but at the same time, I think that point play is something that I think in modern tennis isn't done enough in practice. And so that's something that I would urge the listeners and the coaches and the parents and the players to consider is uh, perhaps do a little less of, you know, forehands cross court and backhands cross court and volleys up and down the middle and get to the serving and playing part. Would you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I think the tough part is let's say, let's say you only have one practice for the day, then how would you prioritize that? Would you, would you go more points or, or more drilling? And I, I could say, here, when people are getting ready for, for, let's say, Toronto or San Jose last week, then you start to see it's mainly just point play. And that's the best way you can prepare for something like a tournament, I think. And, and sometimes I feel like, I know, perhaps there's maybe a little too much drilling before the tournament and not enough competing. And like I said, with anything, you want to find that right balance and everyone's different. But, but I could definitely say, and you could probably say the same, once you get to the tournaments, it, it starts to turn into all point play. Yeah, no question. And I think the, the answer to that question is it depends on your phase of training, right? And for people yeah. who are, you know, seriously pursuing, you know, competition and being the best player they can be, they want to have phases of training where they're doing training blocks that are away from competition. And that's when you're going to do more drilling, more repetition, perhaps work on technique. You know, when you get to a pre-competition phase, closer to competition, that's going to change more and get to more live ball and random stuff. And then obviously, as you get closer and closer to the tournament, then you want to get more into point and match play. But I think it's a really important point that you make. And I think that it's something that um, that our listeners or people can be a little more aware of is what phase of training are you in? Where's the focus? But certainly remember at the end of the day, we're trying to produce and be good tennis players, not just good hitters of the ball. So I think it's important to play points. Perhaps I should go through the three set stats and how different they are as opposed to two sets. And then we can talk a little bit about kind of serve volume and injury prevention and that sort of stuff. But so when you look at three set matches, Chris, the points average, they go from from 123 on two set match to 206 so it's a pretty big jump the serves go up to 103 serves average returns 95 the duration of the matches is 161 minutes so now we're getting up towards the three hour mark two hours 41 minutes and then the ball in play is now in play for about 39 minutes the ball in play part, I was going to mention, remember that tennis is definitely a movement sport. Um, but as we see there, 39 minutes out of 169 minutes, you know, that's about 25% of the time. It's probably even a little bit less that the ball is in play. So understand that physically, tennis is a game of, of stop-start. It's an anaerobic sport primarily, but because it's done over a long period of time, it turns into an, an aerobic endurance event as well. And that's one of the tough parts, I think, about training tennis is that they hit all the energy systems the, the first 10 seconds the ATP um, the explosive part is absolutely so important and then the anaerobic part where the 
points sort of develop in, in those longer ranges. And then, of course, to stop and start all the time is very anaerobic. But then to be able to do it over, you know, two, three, and then when you get into five set matches, four and five hours, um, there's absolutely an endurance and aerobic capacity. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that physically. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chris? I think the first thing that comes to mind, first off, I just learned a lot there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But what really strikes me is what are you doing for the the other 16 minutes how how important it is to have routines in between there to reset and and how important the mental game is i think that's just a great stat you were throwing out about you you know you're playing 30 minutes and what are you doing for the rest so that's that's what what really stood out for me yeah no good point and i wish we could have uh, more statistics and analysis around the mental part but that's uh for another podcast another time and, and but a very important point you make when it comes to serve chris talk to me about are you aware of the numbers? I mean, we're talking about, you know, 60 serves in a two-set match, about 100 yeah. serves in a three-set match. What's a typical volume for you? And is that something that you count or around about? And how do you treat the serve and the, and the athlete's shoulder, which is obviously so important for their uh, success to be healthy? First off, when you said three-set matches, we're up, we're up at 100 now. I always think, well, that's good because probably a lot of our listeners that go out with a basket are hitting you know, 100 to 150 anyways, sometimes even more than that. So I guess they're getting ready for the three setters. But one thing I remember at the USTA one year when I was working for our federation, I put together the workloads and maybe we can get into that later. But I know for Claire how many serves on average she's hit this year. It took me like two minutes to find that. But when we go out and serve, you want to spend a majority of that time on the first serves. Claire's going to serve a little more than most girls, uh, than her opponents, because she's going for her spots more. So she has a tendency to miss more. So maybe her numbers are going to be a little bit higher. But the thing that you really, what I really want to pay attention to is you don't overwork the shoulder. So we might do 20 focus serves and then we actually take a break. I'll say, let's take a break now. We might go pick up some balls and then we'll come back. So it's the start and stop, like you were saying, but you don't want to overwork the shoulder. And, and then for sure, let's say we go 50 serves, which would be like maybe a straight set match. We'll definitely take a break before second. But what I found with her to keep it even more realistic is once she gets warm, is I, I'll go, okay, you get two serves to the deuce and two to the add. And we're going to start alternating like that. So she gets the feeling of, not just serving to one spot. And like you said, sometimes you're working on a particular serve, but the more I can keep that realistic of the the starting and stopping, moving to a different spot, feel like that's more beneficial for her. I don't know. How do you do it? How, How would you approach something like that with with your juniors or pros no well said i do believe that it's helpful to know the volume of serves that you're hitting around about how many you're hitting i know that you know when i played i would be like all right i'm going to work on my serve and i'd hit 120 today and 120 tomorrow and then i'd wonder why my shoulder would start hurting and it was just because it's not used to that volume and i think it's a responsibility of us coaches to be aware of that so we can keep our athletes healthy and whenever there's spikes in volume or load that's when you're more susceptible to injury so you don't want to kind of not serve at all and then come back and serve 
heaps, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of serves. And I just think it helps to know some of these numbers. You can manage it, but also so you can prepare your player. Because, I mean, this is kind of what, what I wanted to get to next, Chris, was I think one of the evolutions of being a coach is understanding how do I develop this player's game? How do I get them better? And then to the point of, all right, how do I best prepare them, not just to win an individual match, but to actually win a tournament? So I looked at, you know, so if we take taking a, a situation where you have to win five matches to win a tournament, and I know there's junior tournaments that have much bigger draws and much more matches, and some of the tournaments on the pro side, the, the seeded players only have to play four matches. So anyway, I took five matches. I said, okay, five matches, and let's pretend that three of them are straight set matches and two are three set matches. I think a, an okay assumption to make. And so to win a tournament, it's going to take in those five or six or seven days that a tournament would run over. And remember, some junior tournaments run over three days, right? Then the amount of points that you're going to play is 781. The amount of serves you're going to hit is 380. Again, these are averages. Returns, 370. The duration of play is 601 minutes or 10 hours of play. And the time that the ball is in play is 147 minutes. So two hours and 27 minutes. So if we think about it, this is how we need to prepare our serious athletes to have a chance to win tournaments. And I know now that I only play occasionally, if I was to go to a tournament and be asked to do these loads, I would break down pretty quickly and it'd be really difficult for me to get through this. But if you're serious about coaching a high-level athlete and they are going to have a chance to win points tournaments, local tournaments, national tournaments, whatever, you know, junior under 12 tournaments, these are the type of volumes that they're going to have to come across. And so if this isn't done in practice beforehand, then it's going to be a pretty big shock to the athlete and the player. However, if it is done in advance, then perhaps that's a, an advantage that you can gain over your competition and it's a way to build resilience in the body. And again, to be clear, I don't want everyone to go out and start playing 780 points in a week, et cetera, et cetera. You want to build up to this point so that the athlete, when they come to the tournament, has seen this before. It's not anything that is a shock. It's You're not doubling any load or volume. And I think that that's absolutely what I see, even when I worked on the Pro Tour, Chris, that there would be girls and guys that would get through three or four matches, and then they'd be so tired and spent that it was very difficult to you know, perform well in the fourth match or the fifth match. And those that had yeah. done more work and had more volume and, and had, had better preparation, I think we're in a better spot um, yeah. to do this. And I think one of the things that I was proud of when I worked with uh, Dollarhide and Brady back in the day was in the preseason, I actually had them play best of five sets against each yeah. other. And again, we built <laughs> up to it. that. But, you know, I thought if they can play best of five set, imagine how easy three sets is going to be, even yeah. if it's a seven, six in the third set. So again, you got to do that safely and build that level of fitness. But I don't know about you, Chris, but those numbers to me are pretty big and pretty overwhelming. But mm -hmm. if you're serious about winning a tournament, they're numbers that you should know and work towards. I think I had mentioned this on another podcast, but let's say with Claire, she mandatory she needs to play three matches the week before she leaves and one of them has to be three sets which i think is great she came up with that i need a one three set match so even if she wins in straight she'll play one extra set and then if you think about it too if you think about junior tennis sometimes they're playing four sets a day or five and sometimes they're doing two matches a day so yeah you really need to make sure that the that you prepare for for the, that load 
I agree. Okay, I'm going to pass it over to you now. You had some really interesting stats from some of the pro sides. I know you have all the U.S. Open matches, some 500 matches um, from the U.S. Open. So can you share with us some of the interesting stats and numbers that came from those? This was, again, like uh, 2019. I I just thought it was fascinating because I had everything at my fingertips. And the real reason was I wanted to see the difference between men's and women's tennis. I wanted to see what I think I said, I'd love to talk about this. I'm glad I get a chance. But what I found out is is basically, even though the men are playing best three out of five and the women are two out of three at the Grand Slam, they're playing the same sport. Everything's almost the same. So if you look at like how much the men go cross court as opposed to going down the line versus the women, it's about the same. They they pretty much play 60% cross court, 40% down the line. I thought that was fascinating. But if you look at like serve percentage, the only difference, uh, as I mentioned in in a previous podcast, was the the first serve, the serve is the the huge difference in the men's game over the women. But the amount of slices to top spin they hit, you'll see, I think it's yeah, let's see. Uh, let me check real quick. It's about 11% for the for the women and 13 for the men times at net. So this goes back to the overall workload. If you think like the women, and now this is, I think, 252 matches on the, the women's side throughout the course of the tournament and 250 for the men. So if you think about the times at net, and this is a little generous, but the women were at the net 10% of the time and the men 12% of the time. So if you relate that to practice, you know, like you said, maybe you're working on volleys. How much, if you think 10% of the time you're going to be at net, does that correlate to what you're doing, you know, in practice? Obviously, it depends who your player is. For the Open, the women number of first serve attempts was 70. So that seems about right. And the men, it was 118. Uh, Second serve attempts for the women was 27. And the men was was double that. It was almost double. It was uh, 48. I guess the total points played for the women was 142 and the men was 237. I wanted to look at Federer and Nadal. So just last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I looked at the um, 2017 Australian Open final where Fed beat Nadal in five sets. They played in that final, they played 289 points. Some was 300 points. Federer got to the net 12% of the time. Nadal got to the net 3% of the time. And then if you just look at like first serves, Federer hit 62% of all serves were first serve, 38. So it was like 60, 40. But again, he's maybe going for his spots a little more. Nadal was 72% were first serves and 28 were second. But I mean, that's a lot of points. That match was almost four hours. It's three hours and 38 minutes. And you better believe those guys are in shape to be able to do that because that, that level was pretty incredible. So anyways, those are my findings from, from the U.S. Open and then that, that 2017 Australian Open final. Yeah, one of the things that I uh, came across that I started as well, which I thought were interesting, was winners. The, the percentage of winners. Oh, yeah. Generally, when we've looked at those over time, it's pretty regularly around 20%. And it was just under 25% for all the matches that I looked at. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty high to have winners near 25%. And I noticed in your table here from the, all those 500 matches at the US Open, on the men's side, it was 20%. On the women's side, it was 21%. You know, that's a good thing for people to understand because there's some players out there that are trying to hit winners too often. And to understand that winners only happen about one of every five points, I think is important. A lot of the time it's, you know, you're forcing errors, you're putting people in uncomfortable situations. We're making unforced errors. 
the game is built around more errors than winners typically, um, which I thought was a good stat. And then another one that came to mind, um, just following Caroline Dollarhide, who I used to coach, and she played Sabalenka last week, and I was pretty shocked by the amount of double faults that Sabalenka has been hitting. Just to have a look at the difference in double faults between men and women. I think on the women's side, about 14% of second serves are double faults. And on the men's side, it's about 11% according to your range. So that was a bit higher than I thought for the men. So that basically means that men are making nine out of 10 second serves and the women are making about eight and a half. But the aces, like you said, is a bit different. Men making 8% of aces. So almost one out of every 10 serves is an ace and the women are only at 5% for aces. So that's where the biggest difference uh, in the men and women are. And actually some of the research that I delved into recently for my master's degree, I found that women are better returners than men, but that obviously has to do also with the with the quality of serve that they're coming off. But they, you know, the women typically return more first serves in play. They win a higher percentage against the first serve and they win a higher percentage against the second serve as well. So, and if you think about it, you know, I know that when I played mixed doubles, um, because I didn't serve particularly well, the girls were all over my serve. They were just crunching it. Um, so I think in general, the, the, the women return really well and are really are really clean hitters so yeah and, and again it, it, like the average difference in speed from the men and the women at that open was 17 miles an hour which I, I, i'm guessing now that is would that be like 30 kilometers an hour yeah it's like 32 or 33 so it's, yep. it's a big difference and, and that also attributes to maybe why it's a little bit easier to make some return some of these guys this this surface is so so dang big yeah, no question. I actually thought the speed around the forehand and backhand was pretty interesting too. There's this perception that that the men hit the ball much harder than the women. But according to your stats yeah, here that, right. that you got from the US Open, I mean, if you look at average forehand speed, the men were at 73 miles an hour, the women were at 68, so relatively close. Yeah. But on the backhand side, the men were 66 and the women were 64, so even closer. Isn't that and, crazy? And I would think about, you know, maybe the men slice more, but you're, you know, you had those slice statistics as well. And the men only slice marginally more. So that means that the women really aren't very far behind when it comes to power on the ground strokes. Yeah, that was my big takeaway is the the men and the women are playing the same sport. If you you start to look at the numbers, it's it's just that serve is, is the only difference, which will inflate the serve points one and the return points. But in terms of how they're playing the game and the winners they're hitting and how much they're hitting top spin or slice or getting to the net, it, it's the same same sport, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I would say the women are catching up. The tennis out there right now being played is, is a very high level and it's it's fun to watch out there. And we hope that, uh, you know, you at home who are listening to this can take some of these numbers and perhaps you know them already or perhaps you're surprised by some of them. If you are going to train and prepare to, you know, not only win an individual match, but win a tournament, then, you know, I hope these numbers have helped you develop your own game, and perhaps um, help someone you're coaching or, or supporting. And we thank you for your time today yeah thanks a lot Stephen. that was a lot of fun that'll do it for another episode of crunching the numbers and we'll see you for our next one soon take care the first serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au log on to find out all the details of our live radio show other podcasts read weekly features by our team of writers and follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram tiktok and subscribe to our youtube channel
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.